This podcast was sponsored by Mutual Insurance Company of Arizona. Mike is the select provider of medical professional liability coverage for the Maricopa County Medical Society. For more information about MICA, call 602-956-5276 or visit www.mica-insurance.com. Hello, this is Dr. Ann Maiden. I'm a board-certified pediatrician that has been practicing for almost 10 years. I have worked at a federally qualified health center and more recently through different telemedicine platforms. I'm also the vice chair of pediatrics at Midwestern University's Arizona College of Osteopathic Medicine. And I'd like to welcome you to the Arizona Physician Podcast. Take care and enjoy. Residents are leaving residency as outstanding robotic surgeons, but they might not have as as much experience as they might've had a few decades ago doing an open procedure. And I think that those skills are still important because there's always gonna be situations where you can't use a robot to do an operation, so. Hi, and welcome to the Arizona Physician Podcast. My name is John McElligot, your host for today's episode, and we're joined by Dr. Shane Daly. Dr. Daly is fellowship trained in endourology and laparoscopic robotic urologic surgery and specializes in kidney stone disease, prostate and kidney cancer, bladder cancer, incontinence, BPH, minimally invasive urologic surgery, including the da Vinci robotic surgery, as well as vasectomy. Dr. Daly, welcome to the show. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. We're going to dive into a lot of topics about what you do in your practice at Arizona Urology Specialists of the group, what you do in hospitals for surgery. But um, if you could, please tell people a little bit more about your background. Sure. Well, I'm a a Phoenix uh, native, grew up in Phoenix, Uh, went to uh, Brophy Prep High School, and uh, uh, from there went on to Arizona State University uh, for undergraduate. And uh, at the time, the only uh, medical school in Arizona was at uh, University of Arizona, Tucson. So I went down to Tucson uh, for medical school. And um, after that, came back to Phoenix in Scottsdale and did a uh, residency in urology at the Mayo Clinic in Scottsdale. And then I decided to do uh, a one-year fellowship in Los Angeles at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in minimally invasive uh, urology and and, uh, endourology. That's great. Thank you. So I understand that endourology is urology that's practiced through endoscopes. Why is endourology good for patients? Well, one of the ways that urology and um, surgical specialties in general have evolved is to perform surgery through smaller and smaller incisions or sometimes without incisions at all. So mainly this has been done through the development of uh, smaller, smaller instruments and specifically different kinds of endoscopes and laparoscopes and so forth. So One of the biggest advancements in urology um, over the last few decades has been the development of various scopes that can be placed in the urinary system in a retrograde fashion. So meaning you can actually place the scope through the urethra and actually go all the way up into the kidney and perform surgery. And so this is really advantageous to patients because there's no incisions made. It's much less painful, fast recovery. Um, And so it's it's been very beneficial and technology has made a major impact on this. just for example, a lot of the ureteroscopes we use now are digital, meaning that there's no fiber optics in them at all. So they actually have a chip at the end of them and, uh, and you have a high definition image that you see and it makes surgery much more precise and, um, and safer in a lot of ways too. Kind of an interesting historical example of how much less precise it used to be. Um, some of my older partners, more senior partners, like to tell stories about how when they were doing kidney stone surgery, they would place baskets up the ureter blindly. 
and actually just kind of pull until the stone came out. And oftentimes the ureter would come out with it. Wow. <laughs> Which would be problematic, obviously. So things have really changed over just a matter of a few decades. That is amazing to hear that trajectory. Uh, you specialize in surgery in a range of issues. What do you see most often? So in my practice, I see a lot of um, enlarged prostate issues. So that's commonly referred to as benign prostatic hyperplasia. That's a disorder that uh, men uh, have, usually starting around age 50, the prostate starts to enlarge and can become uh, obstructive. Usually patients will come in and say they're, they're going to the bathroom all the time. Uh, they're waking up at night multiple times to, to uh, urinate. And it can really be an interference in, in lifestyle so that pe people are actually designing their day around where there are bathrooms. And I have some patients who joke that they know where every QT uh, gas station is in town because their prostate causes so many issues for them. So these are issues that I see often and, and are very treatable. And there's some very effective um, things, both medical and surgical, we can do for that. I see a lot of kidney stones. Kidney stones are very common. Arizona is in what's called the stone belt. So the Southern United States tend to have more kidney stones than the Northern uh, part of the country. There's a lot of different speculation on why, that, why that's true. Most of it revolves around the fact that it's a warmer climate and we tend to be a little bit more dehydrated uh, okay. in the part of the United States. And then also see a lot of different various uh, cancers like kidney cancer, bladder cancer, prostate cancer. So a fair, fairly big variety. I think you've answered part of it. I wanted to ask you about the patients that you have, uh, whether they're older or younger and what people listening can do to prevent some of the surgical procedures that you perform. So does it skew older for you? That's a great question. I think uh, a lot of the patients we see are on the older you know, side of the spectrum, but also we see lots of younger patients, especially for diseases like kidney stones. You know, I, I have many patients who are 16 or older with, with kidney stone disease. So that can happen very early in life. You know, I see a lot of younger people for uh, vasectomy procedures. That's a common thing that we do. So, and the other thing to, to mention is that we see both men and women. So uh, there's a misconception that urologists only treat men. Um, and actually a very large portion of my practice is, is women. So um, it's a lot more broad than, than a lot of people realize. Yeah. What are some of the preventive procedures or process that people can go through, whether it's diet or exercise or anything else, drink more water, for example? Yeah, that's a great point. So one of the biggest things that people can do to prevent kidney stones is to stay hydrated. So the best way to, to know if you're hydrated or not is, is how much urine you produce. So, you know, most people who have had kidney stones, we really encourage them to produce two to three liters of urine a day, which really requires a lot of effort on their part, because that, that's a lot of water you have to drink every day. But if you know anyone who's had a kidney stone, most of them are pretty motivated to try to you know, stay hydrated so it doesn't happen again. In terms of a lot of the cancers we deal with, there's not a lot of preventative things you can do. A lot of it's just uh, you know, random genetics that can cause it. With regard to bladder cancer, there's a strong association with smoking, um, as in many diseases. And then one key thing I think with a lot of urologic cancers is screening. So especially things like prostate cancer, you know, we screen with PSA blood tests. One of the reasons I like my specialty so much is that virtually every cancer we deal with is curable if it's caught early. So it's very rewarding because you, you know, you can tell patients that, you know, you've caught something early and you can cure it. So that's, uh, it's a nice thing to be able to say. Absolutely. Dr. Daly, thank you so much for coming on the show. We'll take a short break and come back and dive more deeply into technology, robotics, and then what you do in teaching medical schools. We'll be right back. 
This podcast was sponsored by Mutual Insurance Company of Arizona, the select provider of medical professional liability coverage for the Maricopa County Medical Society. As a physician-led mutual, MICA has been Arizona's choice for medical professional liability insurance for nearly 45 years. We provide value to members with superior claims handling and exceptional risk management programs. Call us today for a quote or visit our website to learn more about MICA's premium coverage options and outstanding service. 602-956-5276 or www.mica-insurance.com. Bureau of Medical Economics has been servicing the account collection needs of the medical community since 1951, with nearly 70 years of experience in this industry and proven results. We proudly consider our clients, your practice, an invaluable business partner. There is no obligation and no upfront cost. Please give us a call at 602-252-3469 for more information. Welcome back to the Arizona Physician Podcast in our interview with Dr. Shane Daly. Since you began practicing, Dr. Daly, how would you describe the evolution of technology that's been used for urologic sur- surgery? Um, you, you talked briefly before about some examples uh, going from basket to digital methods today. Uh, could you expound upon that? Yeah, so I, I think the emphasis on technology has been creating instruments that are smaller and more precise. So uh, the example of the scopes that we mentioned before, uh, another example of a historical topic is a surgery we do for enlarged prostate. Uh, it's called transurethral resection of prostate or a TERP surgery, or sometimes jokingly referred to as roto-rooter surgery by some of my patients. And it's been around for decades and it's effective, but early on, it was a very uh, morbid, bloody operation, lots of blood loss, at least two or three days in the hospital. And the surgery itself hasn't changed much, but the instruments we use are much, much more precise, much less bleeding. And in fact, that surgery now is an outpatient procedure. So uh, patients come in, have it done, go home the same day. So, you know, the, the emphasis on technology has been making uh, safer instruments, uh, smaller, more precise instruments. In the realm of robotics, um, you know, we'll talk a little bit more, that, more about that later, but advancing instruments that allow us to do a better job at surgery. And so patients recover faster and have better outcomes. I think that, you know, it just, it's amazing how much just in my, short career, the last 10 years, things have changed. So um, let's get into robotics. What do you think is on the horizon for robotics and the potential impact on surgical care? Yeah, so uh, robotics is, is just really blown up and I think it's here to stay. Um, to be honest, when robotic surgery first came out, people were a little, a little reluctant to adopt it. Uh, you know, They thought it was very expensive, didn't offer a lot of benefits, but over the last 10 to 15 years, I think it's really proven itself to be uh, helpful in what uh, surgeons have to use to make um, patients, um, you know, surgeries more safe and more precise. So, you know, I think it, uh, the instruments keep improving. Just as an example, when I was in training, it was a standard definition scope we used and now everything is much more precise. It's like looking at a, a big screen, high definition TV, so you can see much better. And it's literally like having your hands inside the patient's body. So you, the way you can manipulate instruments is, is improved uh, a lot. I'm kind of interested to see as time goes on, you know, right now it's kind of almost like a situation like Tesla is in with electric cars. There's really one uh, dominant company making surgical robots uh, and they do an outstanding job and they've really advanced the industry, but it will be interesting to see over time if there's uh, additional um, interest in it in terms of other companies coming in and maybe creating some competition in the area. 
One other thing I think that's important to think about, especially uh, being an educator in medicine, is that we need to make sure we continue to teach our, our surgical residents open surgery skills. So you know, I think one of the consequences of robotics is that residents are leaving residency as outstanding robotic surgeons, but they might not have as, as much experience as they might have had a few decades ago doing an open procedure. And I think that those skills are still important because there's always going to be situations where you can't use a robot to do an operation. So um, I know that in our program, that was a, a major focus. And in fact, we had a couple of surgeons who maintained mainly open surgery practices so that the residents could uh, maintain their, um, their abilities in that regard as well. That's a great point, Dr. Daly. And um, you alluded to teaching in medical schools. So what is your pitch as our final question for the show? What is your pitch to students to consider urology as a career? Well, that's a great question. I really like my specialty. I think I made a, for me, I made a great choice. And I think urology is very unique in regard to um, specialties because it really covers a uh, organ system. So we are essentially the doctors of the urinary system and the male reproductive system. So it's unlike other surgical specialties, for example, general surgery, where you know, they operate on a variety of organs, but they don't necessarily treat things medically. Urology is unique in that we have a very busy clinic practice. I see lots of patients in my office. Many of the diseases I treat are treated with medications um, or office procedures. So there's a very robust office practice in addition to a very busy surgical practice. And I think for students, that's very attractive because it offers kind of a variety of, of environments. So you're given the opportunity to develop relationships with your patients over time, but at the same time, you're also active doing surgery in the operating room, seeing patients in the hospital. And so I think that's very rewarding. I, there's still patients I see from 10 years ago, you know, I see them every year and it's been fun because we know each other's families and we tell stories about, you know, what different family members are doing. And for me, that was a major rewarding aspect of medicine is, is getting to know my patients and uh, knowing them over many years. So there's not many surgical specialties where you're able to do that. A lot of surgical specialties, you operate on a patient, you may never see them again. So I think that's very unique and I think it's attractive to students. Um, I think the variety of things we see and do uh, as urologists are fairly surprising for it being such a narrow field of knowledge. But, um, you know, we do everything from cancer surgery to simple uh, cystoscopies in the office. So there's a lot of variety. Um, I think that that variety also offers you a path towards, you know, slowing down as you get older. I have a lot of my colleagues as they get older, don't want to necessarily do, you know, big long operations and, and things like that. And urology is a field where it's very easy to transition into a, an office-based practice. And finally, you know, I think that in general, urologists are just generally nice people. That's one of the things that attracted me to it as well uh, in, in medical school as I, I rotated with some you know, urologists and they just were very happy, nice people that uh, seemed like they had interests outside of work in addition to being fantastic you know, doctors. And it, it definitely was a major um, deciding point for me is that I, most of the urologists I met were very nice, happy people and seemed to have balanced lifestyles. So. Thank you very much. I, I'm sure you're gonna get some listeners who are sold. If you're a medical student, consider urology. If you're a fellow physician, you can contact Dr. Shane Daly at Arizona Urology Specialist. The website is ArizonaUrologySpecialist.com. Dr. Daly, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, John. Founded in 1892, Maricopa County Medical Society is a strong collective physician voice.
Thank you for listening to the Arizona Physician Podcast.